Hey, y'all, this is Trina, and this is part three of our innovation mini-series. As you all remember, the Innovation Lab was a six-month intensive program where we brought together black parent fellows. We provided them resources and funding and wraparound support to test out their ideas to solve problems that are impacting black families. For today's little hot take, we have a clip from our innovation fellow, Maya, who is sharing about her innovation on the healing constellation. What I appreciate about Maya's presentation is that she showed that the personal is the political one. And also she showed that there is a huge need for support and resources for communities of adoption. Um, too often we don't think about black families as being adoptive families, um, but we do think about our families being super extensive and expansive in how we hold the village, right? Um, and so what Maya's project is really trying to do is how do we create a healing constellation or a village model to support those who are um, in families of adoption, adoptees, or adoptive parents, right? It can be an isolating thing. Um, and according to a study in the Children and Youth Services Review, um, it said that social support can improve the mental health outcomes of adoptive parents, including reducing stress and improving feelings of competence and satisfaction in their role as parents. And so I think what Maya was trying to create is, is how do we create a container of support for those who are often sometimes isolated and feel like they're doing this alone um, so that they know they're a part of our community. And this is so important, not only for the black parents who are adoptive parents, but also for black adoptees. Um, when we think about children who are impacted by um, adoption or um, fostering, right, that constellation needs so much support because we know that that impacts our community at high rates. Um, and, you know, Parents for Liberation has been doing policy work around the child welfare system and what the impacts are on black families. And so, when we do the work to say we want to keep black families together, um, we also want to make sure that we're inclusive of black adoptive families, right? Those who are intentionally trying to create and open up spaces in their hearts and their homes for children who um, are disconnected from their families. And so we want to make sure that we support black adoptive families. Um, and so this constellation of support is what Maya um is trying to test out. So th shout out to Maya for knowing that we need everyone, all parents, all black caregivers need a healing constellation. My name is Maya Mosley Katakanga and the work I've been doing around healing the constellation it has been around healing the constellation and you may ask what is the constellation? Um, well, <laughs> It's the beautiful stars connected to adoption, foster resource, and kinship care. And as part of the lived experience, members of the constellation directly experience and hold space for loss. If we have the opportunity to be in community, we can support each other in that thing. So my personal connection to the constellation is I'm an adoptive parent. This is an image of our little constellation. It's much bigger than that though. At the beginning of my parenting journey, there was a, were only a few resources to support the layered identities of our family. Um, in conjunction with that, through the years, I've been doing a lot of alter alternative healing work around my own ancestral trauma 
childhood wounds, which has definitely supported me in being a more present parent for the needs of my child. So looking into the future, I would love for my team, as they transition to adulthood, to feel supported in similar spaces and talking to various members of the constellation through this project. Rarely do these spaces name and hold the sensitivity for them, for us, in those healing spaces. So the creation. Back in Oakland, only a few exits away from where Ashley held nature time. I invited 11 members of the constellation made up of adopted parents, teen and young adult adoptees, and several extended family members to join in a sound healing ceremony led by auspicious acoustics who offer vibrational medicine for the people. <laughs> they were very open to my suggestions for making the experience more inclusive, such as pouring libation, so that we can call in ancestors whose names we don't know, whose names are community ancestors, in addition to our birth and first ancestors of origin. Let's see, so through this offering, I was definitely reminded of the importance of support that's needed when holding such vulnerable spaces. And that is the collaboration I would like to call in next, is more um, therapeutic offerings and um, support that I don't necessarily have experience for, but I know that it's super important when holding this, this work. Um, I would also like to see various members of the constellation host and lead offerings. One of the teams that was present at the sound healing is super into crystals and learning um, about the benefits of crystals, and um, they had actually offered to lead a workshop on that. So I look forward to that and many other offerings that I'll be calling in from uh, various members of the constellation. And most of all, I look forward to seeing a place where all the stars are closer than where the Kendrick Lamar. <laughs>
truck moving mobile garden on wheels that um, Parent of Liberation had the pleasure of hosting for our Black Mama Magic event a couple years back. Um, it's how I first met Barbara and all of her fantastic, beautiful energy that she brings to everything. Um, but also got to learn about the power of horticulture and gardening as a healing modality. Um, she now has a beautiful retreat center here in Southern California um, that's also called Meet Me in the Dirt, where she combines both her creativity and her artistry with her gardening and hosting and also with all of her other beautiful skills and degrees and resources um, to support <laughs> folks in connecting first with themselves, with Mother Nature, um, but also to connect with all the pathways to heal ourselves and to change. So welcome to the podcast, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you. I love Barbara. If you ever met Barbara, you would see why. People go, I've been at the retreat center. Um uh -huh. Just randomly, I'm in the mall and I was there and like people come up to Barbara and they end up crying and hugging her. And I'm like, she just has this <laughs> special aura that makes people kind of gravitate to her. Um, and I think that is also what is inspiring uh, the work that she's doing. And also, in particular, I'm curious about this project that you birthed with Parenting for Liberation, which is a beautiful project called the Dandelion Project. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what inspired it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. It's a big question. Well, I know. Well, uh, it's it's a big question, a big conversation, a big issue, a big thing, period, especially in our community. Um, the Dandelion Project is really intended to bring uh, or to, to create a bridge between uh, families who have children, even if they're adults, who are in the LGBTQ community. Um, especially in our community, there are a lot of parents who just really have a difficult time accepting uh, their children who come out. Uh, mm -hmm. And honestly, it's a personal story. Uh, and so I, I was challenged, honestly, to be able to bring this about. It was not my original submission to the program. That is not why I came. <laughs> um, but it you know, during our uh, weekend together, our in-person weekend together, I was um, challenged spiritually, honestly, not by anybody else because no one even knew, but I was sitting in the room uh, listening to all these ideas and challenges about making sure that things were inclusive and that the projects we were bringing out into the community were, you know, something that everybody would feel like they could be a part of and all the ways that we may not even realize that we are excluding people. And so I'm, I'm sitting here, I was sitting there listening to all these words and I was sitting there thinking this is like a twilight zone <laughs> <laughs> but all of the people in there kind of knew it seems like they knew all the you know the the, the words the normative and um oh you were learning song. about heteronormativity and heteronormativity and um oh my god there's so many different uh beautiful words new words I love words um but they do challenge you because it it may challenge what you believe what you've been taught all those things and so I am open to learning I am open to being wrong I'm uh able to 
course correct. Um, but I do, I am the type and, you know, maybe especially my age group and those who have definitely gone on before me need to be more flexible when it comes to understanding things that occur in this day. That It, it occurred back then too, um, meaning people were gay years ago, but it was, especially in the South, something that was hidden. You did not feel so comfortable. Nobody would feel that comfortable being who they were, honestly, if they were gay. It was uh, something that they actually indeed kept in the closet. And so this Dandelion Project is an ode to my son um, and a way for me to publicly, although I've privately apologized for my lack of understanding and acceptance at a time when he needed me the most, um, but it's a way for me to honor him and others who experience this uh, life and often rejection um, on a very real-time basis, uh, but this offers a a way to escape that a little bit, <laughs> if you will, mm -hmm. in the garden. And it gives the family uh, an opportunity to also show up and be able to express, you know, the hopes and dreams that they had for their uh, loved one, because um, both are valid. You know, the, the parents and the family have their own ideas about certain things, but respectfully, both need to be able to have their say about what life should look like for them. And so... That's the Dandelion Project, a beautiful opportunity to garden in a very neutral place. Gardening and being creative helps you get out of your thinking brain. Um, even though you know that there are some things that are going on, you get to, quote unquote, play and express and get into the emotions that you need to. Um, and then you get to imagine. And so the gardening piece of it is helping the families um, imagine what it would look like to start one way, but then also be able to grow and change and understand that that's a very natural part of life. Mm. You know, Barbara, I just really appreciated your, your evolution. And like you said, your willingness to lean into some uncomfortable, potentially conversations um, and also be able to listen to spirit. Um, you're not the first person on the podcast so far who've mentioned like feeling challenged, right? Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes challenges could feel like something you want to resist. And I appreciate that you leaned into it because this is so important, particularly yeah. the project and the topic that you were working on. Well, that you weren't working on and then you start working on <laughs> uh, was so important. Um, I was just doing a little data digging and according to Equity California, I mean, Equity Florida, um, one of the stats that I'm seeing is that one in two African-American young people who identify as LGBTQ plus say that their family is not accepting of LGBTQ mm -hmm. people. Right. And so if I identify, for example, as LGBTQ and I know based on just not even about me specifically. Right. But based mm -hmm. on the way that we hear our community talk about people who are gay or we yeah. hear the way people talk about our reference, the topic of like queerness or homosexuality, that even if I haven't even come out to my family, I already know how my family engages. Right. Yes. And so I just know that like one in two, that's 50 percent of our babies. Right. Um, when I think about. 40%, it says data shows, 40% of all homeless youth are LGBTQ, of which 31% identifies African-American, right? Wow. So that means, you know, that's that, you know, you talk about the rejection from families and rejection from communities, right? And not feeling like they have a safe place to go. And knowing yes. now in this project, right, that the garden, right, as a metaphor, but also as a literal place to go um, when feeling 
potentially rejected or not accepted. Like the garden is a place to come, put your hand in the soil, put your hand in the dirt and to plant things and to weed things out and to grow something new. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about um, of the process? Like how do you use the gardening metaphor for healing some of the ruptures that may have happened in families um, who may have not been accepting, but actually want to, similar to you, want to come back and want to figure out ways to rebuild um, and plant new seeds. How do you first do the work of like uprooting, you know, some of the weeds that exist? And there you go. Uh, and anybody that's ever had a gardener that loves gardening, period, understands that there is always work to do in the garden. Um, one of the things that I'm really sure about uh, because of my own healing process is that, you know, soil is the great equalizer. Uh, we, it is foundation. It is something that we each would receive, um, and it is the same across the board. And so each of us, as we approach foundation, get to understand what that means to steady our own selves and what I would need to grow. Whatever foundation I would need might not look like the one that my son needed. Uh, and so parents and families are, you know, asked to think about that while they are even choosing foundations. So it depends on what is required for you to grow, what medium, what, what, what stabilizes you. And then we talk about that, you know, once you, you choose the foundation, it doesn't necessarily mean the one that was given to you, but go choose the one that will work for the life that you have. And then us being able to use plants um, as a way to sort of uh, describe our experience of, you know, we, we arrive in this way, we arrive in this way, and we didn't necessarily get to choose, you know, how we were grown prior to, but once we do the replanting process or the uprooting process, we do get to choose where we go from there. We do get to um, add all sorts of supportive elements around us we do get to sprinkle in uh fertilizer those things that that's you know represents encouragement we do get to level off and add more foundation on top but not of the one that we came with we do keep a remnant of the one that we came with but we add new soil and we add in rocks maybe to stabilize us and to remind us that we don't necessarily use the rocks as something to be uh, a weapon we could use them to build upon. And so each of the elements that I have available for the families to use to quote unquote build their garden, they are also journaling while they're doing so um, with some prompts that I give them while we're moving through the, through the process. Um, and they are talking about what they feel inside of the soil, why they chose the plant that they did, why, um, what they notice about it, the differences that they notice about it, and how if they're if they're um, quick to see blemishes in it, or you know, or or do they just see it as perfect just for them, kind of thing. And so it's slowing the process of thriving down so much <laughs> uh, that it causes a person to think and to imagine themselves as being um, scrutinized in that way, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, so that they can empathize, learn how to empathize with, with uh, from one side to the other, quite honestly, being able to crawl into their skin and imagine life, you know, on their terms. And that is what is necessary for the parents and the young children, the children or adults to be able to have this bridge. They need to be able to have empathy for one another. Um, again, it's not just necessarily, you know, the parents for the, the LGBTQ child, but the, the, 
child or adult also for being able to kind of hear their parents and their family and where they're coming from. Not that either is right or wrong. It just is, mm. you know, and then them, you know, creating their, their, they have their own gardens, but then understanding how all of it is connected and how, even though they've planted in that moment and they've experienced that moment together, that chances are once they leave, uh, things are going to grow in their own way and they'll have very little control. <laughs> quite honestly, over how things develop and how that's okay too. Yeah. That they can do the very best that they can do. That's all they can do. That's all that they can do. Yeah. And that they would have to allow room for, you know, flexibility and mistakes. Yeah. The yeah. beauty and the power of um, gardening as a, as a metaphor for this yeah. transformative experience, right? But also mm-hmm. the beauty of like the physical, the physicality of it, right? Like literally people okay. come and sit in the circle together and they garden, they plant, um, they yes. touch the soil. And as they're going yes. through this and thinking about the soil and their roots and they're thinking about uprooting things that were harmful and, that, you know, mm-hmm. they're thinking about the plants and what do they want to plant and what do they want to manifest, right? So mm-hmm. just a beautiful um, a beautiful metaphor, but also a beautiful experience for yes. folks to dig deep, right? And I remember when we did it for just Black Moms for Mother's Day, um, there were so many tears. Like we had we yes. we had water <laughs> to water the <laughs> soil, but you know there were tears. There was moments. There were breakthroughs. Um, there were opportunities for folks to see themselves. And so there is so much power um, to to putting our hands in the soil and letting Mother Nature mother us, right? Yes. Um, as we try to mother the generation and also try to heal some some wounds. So I yes. appreciate you for. Again, being open to the to the call <laughs> in the room, but being open to the call of the spirit, right? Of of, your, yes. of of that there was something calling to you more than what your original idea was, right? Yes, yes. And so, absolutely. when I think about your original idea, or even you applying to the to the lab um, to this process, like what made you apply, and like what were you hoping mm-hmm. to learn or do? Because, I mean, you was not what you got. It's not what you said you signed up for. So what was you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, um, so my uh, one that's one. The Dandelion Project is one ex- personal experience. But the other personal experience uh, that I often create programming for or, you know, just really be able to help people around is single parenting. And so um, that is something that I'm always uh, very sensitive about because, you know, though I've been married for the last 22 years, I uh, was a single parent starting out and my heart is extremely tender towards single moms uh, simply because I don't think that there's a, there's a level of that pain that never goes away, that loneliness and that uh, heaviness that never goes away. And so I definitely, it would have just been a, a home run, <laughs> you know, for me to do an additional project for, you know, single mothers. I love it. Um, And it wouldn't have been anything wrong with that. But when you think about what is um, better or best, (laughs) you know, of the two, clearly uh, the second one is what was much more needed. And so I came there to to do something that would have been uh, geared more towards single moms, but um, left dealing with another aspect of my own personal life. Mm-hmm. So the personal and is the political. <laughs> the, yes. And so I, I, you know, one thing that's really important to me is to be able to really make my life count. And so I, I try not to do a whole lot of things that waste my time or that won't make impact. And so for me, 
personally, uh, both of those things, you know, will impact people, even if not in the moment, but they will ripple well into their future. And so for me, that was important. And every, like I said, in each of these projects, I know that those people right in that moment may feel a little something, but they will never forget the experience that they had, period. No, they don't. I don't. I mean, yeah. I've had folks taking pictures of their plants and texting them to me from Mother's Day last year <laughs> who are like, look at my plant. Or they'll be like, my plant is dying. Help. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, call Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> I remember messaging you and being, I took a picture of my plant. I was like, Barbara, what's wrong? And she's like, yes. you ain't giving the girl no water. I said, oh, <laughs> she's thirsty. My bad. Yes. Um, or I was overwatering. <laughs> you know, so many, so many metaphors because I be thirsty. I don't water myself enough, right? So yes. there's so many metaphors um, between us and the garden. Um as you went through the process, I know you shared a little bit about what you learned about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other learnings from your for yourself or and for the community that you supported through the project? Any other learnings or takeaways? You know, um, one of the one of the main things uh, that I remember uh, learning about or I, was that um, to be an ally is not actually something I get to choose. Um, that community is the one that would choose me based upon how I prove myself to them, how they see me show up, how they, you know, and that's for any group, but it was a particularly, that was, that's a privileged thought to think that you're coming in to be a, you know, be of assistance to them. It's like, no, it's if we need you. And if we deem you, you know, worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you got the right politic and, yes. and are you really going to show up in solidarity um, yes. or if you're just doing the lip service and you just want the credit, but you're not going to do the real work, right? Are you oh, willing to put wow. your own privilege on the line? Um, yes. Are you willing to, you know, it, it, it yes. is, you know. And that conversation is one that uh, crosses all sorts of barriers. I just hadn't, you, you just never realize how so many things are um, just woven into the other. I hadn't looked at it that way. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't assume that um, heterosexual people are considered, you know, privileged and, and they are, you know, and, and all of the different um, ways that we get to live freely, you know, that. And so all of all of that was a learning experience. And I had, you know, gone to counseling years ago to be able to deal with this and to be able to show up for my son in the in the best way, in, what, in ways that were meaningful to him. And so I thought I had, um, well, I have, I have, you know, healed from that. I continue to learn and when I learned that part of it during my research for the project that um, I don't get to choose that but that if they you know if they see it demonstrated and then just like them I don't get to put it down you know they don't get to put their lifestyle down the same way I don't and so it's it's like you said it's not the the say it and then not feel it and live it and do it type thing it has to be on all the time yeah it's 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 a way of being yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, before we close, <laughs> you want to tell folks what is next for the Dandelion Project and where they can find out more. Oh, well, just like the garden always evolves, that project will evolve. You know, um, I I like intimate environments for these uh, sessions because that is a very tender conversation. And just like um, when you're planting seeds or you're planting little bitty seedlings, they do need a whole lot more care and attention. And so these are not um, conversations that I would, or, or these particular parties, I don't know that I would do them in much larger groups. I would keep the group intimate, but they can absolutely be held at the wellness retreat. And it's located at the South Bay Galleria in Cyber Dondo Beach. 
inside that South Bay Galleria Mall in Redondo Beach. They can do it there or I can, um, you know, have this type of event with a family in their own or families, you know, if they had a group that they wanted to pull together for this purpose, um, I could bring it to them. And so the the wellness retreat is really a beautiful place for you to do it. But quite honestly, we can create that in the ambiance um, by by in other ways to bring it to you. And so um, we will just continue to do this in small groups so that we can heal one family at a time mm-hmm. who chooses who chooses to show up for it. That This is a tall task. I'll just say that. It's a very um, tall task for both the child and the parents and families. Um, but, you know, I'm down for it. And then you said, what is... How can How I can find you? Phone number 888-400-0733. Lord have mercy. I'm, girl, this is a hate my uh, gray hair coming. I think that's the phone number. Um, <laughs> and we're and on then, social media for the, you know, the millennials. I'm on social media, <laughs> yes. You can find Meet Me in the Dirt on um, Instagram, Facebook, and I also, I did finally do a TikTok. What? I'm I know. Listen, you got it before me. I don't even have one, so... I, I'm not on there that often, so don't be excited. Go to go to Facebook or um, to Instagram, and you can absolutely connect with me there. MeetMeInTheDirt.com is another place for you to go and get some information. Um, but at any rate, you would always be able to go um, show up in the mall or text me or something like that, and I'd give you some information. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Barbara, for all that you do um, and supporting us in our connection to Mother Earth and, and gardening, but also thank you for leaning into the transformative aspects of your innovation um, and you. for being an ally to the LGBTQ community <laughs> um, and, and, and understanding the sacredness of that role yes. and taking yeah. it very seriously because it is a serious role and, and it's needed. It's needed yes. for more black folks um, to feel the support so that our LGBTQ little ones or young people or even the adults don't feel like yes. they have to be disconnected from community or from family. So thank you for doing this work. You're welcome. I'll just say this one thing before we part. There were two people in your audience for our graduation that um, uh, one was, I guess, a supporter um, of the program, the innovation program, the fund. Mm-hmm. And another, another one worked um, in, a, in an LGBTQ leadership capacity. And they came to tell me just how much they appreciated being able to hear that from a mother and how um, that was just, you know, very healing. And mm-hmm. so it, it just, re, you know, reaffirmed reassures me that I was absolutely brave for a great reason (laughs) 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 because you just never know who you're going to impact yeah well thank you for impacting folks in the audience in in your own personal lives and for all the folks who rolled through your garden thank you my love thank you talk to you soon okay Okay, bye 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope something on this episode will inspire you on your parenting journey. Please like us on all social media at Parenting for Liberation. Until next time, let's get free, y'all.